You're listening to the last episode of the year for Brave and Boss the Podcast. On this week's episode, I'm going to share the behind the scenes of how I plan for a new year. So you're going to want to go grab a pen and a notebook and be ready to pause the episode at any time. It's going to be a bit of a longer episode, but I promise to pack it full of value. And hopefully you'll have a lot of takeaways that you can use to plan your new year. So let's go. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. And I'm excited to dig into today's episode because if there's one thing I love, it's making a plan. I don't know about you, but it's something I really, really enjoy. So, um, but what often happens, I find as an entrepreneur, even the fact that I'm a planner and I come from a consulting background and I come from a very strong marketing planning background, it's always the last thing that gets done. And one of the reasons for that is because it's so hard to be focused in your business. I mean, I can tell you that a couple of weeks ago, I was working on the, our 2020 plan and an email came through from an editor from Vogue Business. And I actually thought it was fake um, because sometimes I'm not sure about you, but we get reach we got outreach from like people saying that they work for Vogue, but they actually work for like Vogue advertising or some sort of advertorial. Um, but it was actually a writer writing for Vogue. Um, and I don't think the article has gone live as of this date, but it hopefully should be going up soon. Um, but they wanted a bunch of stats from us. And so I dropped everything and cleared my calendar. Um, we got some photos, some stats, and got them into the writer by her deadline time. Now, what I was supposed to be working on during that time was planning. And of course, that got pushed off to the side for more urgent business for- opportunities. And it's hard to find that balance for sure, but you have to carve out planning time. I'm saying this because I think it makes a big difference and it's made a big difference in my business. Having more of a formalized plan and process for marketing has been one of the key ways that we scaled from, you know, being a hundred thousand dollar a year business to being a multi-million dollar business. So it's something you need to get in place now for sure. So on this episode, in the show notes, I'm going to link to a bunch of other episodes that kind of go through more details in kind of each of these elements that I'm going to talk about. But what I thought would be most valuable today is to talk about the high-level process that I go through and the key steps and stuff like that. And I think if I have time in the new year, I'm going to try and do a webinar um, well, where I can do a little bit of screen sharing. It may not be the most planned out webinar because I don't have a ton of time, but I will do my best to help you guys because I really want you to make 2020 amazing in your business. All right. So <clears throat> 2020 planning, where to start? So you're thinking a new year's coming up, you know, you've got all these goals, you know, maybe you went, um, when I went to rise business, which is this retreat, a conference hosted by Rachel Hall. So they talk about like, what's your 10 year goal and What's your 2020 goal? Now, now make it bigger. Um, and that's great. I love setting goals. It's amazing. It's invigorating. But then you have to figure out how you're actually going to execute these. So at the beginning of any process, it always starts about setting a goal. So what I like to do is I have a spreadsheet and I actually have a mini e-course where you can 
by this template spreadsheet process kind of thing, but I'm going to go over it because you can pretty much, you can make this yourself in a hacked about way and that's totally fine. It would work and it would function. Um, or you could buy it from me, which is totally cool. Either way, I don't, it, it doesn't really matter to me. It's just a more, I guess, technical template that I've built for you guys. But I always start with a high level goal. So I have a tab in my spreadsheet that I've created where I look at, you know, 2018 actuals, 2019, or sorry, yeah, 2017 actuals in terms of revenue, cost of goods sold, um, staffing and operating costs. Basically at a high level, just it's got, so sorry, starting at the top, it says revenue, a revenue goal or revenue actual, um, cost of goods sold, our gross profit for the year. So that's just revenue minus cost of goods sold. And then expenses, so operating expenses, excluding payroll, then payroll, and then net profit. So that's really only six lines. And so I have in this one spreadsheet, I put in 2015 actuals, 2016 actuals, 2017 actuals, 2018 forecast, as well as actuals, 2019 goal, um, and actuals and forecast because it's not done yet. Um, and then I've also forecasted out 2020 to 2022 at a really high level. So I'm talking about, I'm just guessing at this point what I think we're going to do and what I want us to do um, and working back to see how we can get there. So that's where I really recommend starting. So looking at those numbers and I'll go over them again. So grab your pen. So just create a, a spreadsheet and on the left-hand side, put revenue, revenue, COGS, cost of goods sold, gross profit, expenses, excluding payroll, payroll and net profit on the side. And then you're going to want to do it by year. And what I do is I put the actual dollar amount. So looking back, this is like 2015 revenue. So I put 280,000 and then I put the change over 2014. So how much did we grow as a percentage over 2014? And we grew 224%. So that's just a simple basic calculation. And then I take our cost of goods sold, which in that year was 90,000 approximately, 91,000. And that equals our gross profit of 197,000, which is a 69% margin because I do 197 divided into the 288. Just some basic math because you want to start tracking what percentage of sales um, <clears throat> each of your major expenses uh, amount to. And my payroll in that year was 9%. What a lean business. I wasn't actually really paying myself that much money. I was paying myself minimum wage. Um, so my payroll jumps to 25% the next year because I started hiring people. Um, and now it's much higher than that. Well, not much higher, but it's higher. Um, so yeah, so you want to start there and start basically building out you know, what you've done so far, depending on how long you've been in your business and looking at all those gross numbers and then as percentage of sale, um, and then growth over last year. And then you want to take your goal for this coming year, 2020. So I've got my 2020 goal in here and then you want to figure out how you're going to get there. So this is where that goal making template that I've created that's on braveandboss.com that you can get comes in. Because once you have that high level goal, you basically go into the template and you can put in your average basket. So what your average order value is. Um, and then you can put in your actual revenue from um, the year prior by month. I recommend looking at by month because I think that's important. Although I will talk about how we're looking at things in quarters now too. Um, and then it basically does a bunch of calculations based on your conversion rate, which you can set as well um, on your website. 
and then you put in your, you know, you can put in your goal, I guess, at the, in the summary tab or, but basically you want to do is build to your goal by month. So you need to go through month by month and put in a revenue goal that will ladder up to your, um, revenue goal. So let's say your revenue goal is $1 million next year. So if you just did a quick calculation, so let's take 1 million and divide it by, there's 12 months in a calendar year. That means you need to be doing about $83,000 a month in revenue at on average. So of course you're going to have months that are higher than that and lower than that. So what you want to do is basically figure out based on a couple of things. Number one, last year's performance, because if you're in retail or any sort of product-based business, oftentimes there's seasonality that the trends are fairly consistent year over year, at least from what I've seen. There's always differences depending on promotions and sales and product launches. But what I've seen is it's pretty consistent. So um, look at the trends last year. So what percentage of revenue did you do each month out of the total? So if you did, let's say um, $40,000 in revenue in January of last year, and overall you did, let's say 800,000 last year in revenue. So that means that January was 5% of your revenue. So you're going to want to budget, um, if your goal is a million dollars this year, you're going to want to budget 5% in January. So that's 50,000. So that's a quick and easy way to do it. I like to go through it and do an initial pass like that and then come back and make adjustments because forecasting is really part art and part science. I say this a lot, but it's so true and big companies will say this as well, but you, it kind of depends. Cause like, for example, I know with our business in 2019 and Q2 and Q2 and the start of Q3, we didn't really launch very many products. In fact, in Q2, we canceled product launches and we launched two very small products. So our revenue was subsequently a lot lower, but this year it's going to be a lot higher because we've got a really full product development pipeline. So I'm going to make adjustments there. Um, another example was like, year prior, we did like a really successful promotion in May, um, 2018, I think it was. And so it drove the revenue really, really high, but we knew we weren't repeating it. So, you know, that we budgeted for that. So there's all kinds of factors to this, but, um, essentially you kind of want to go through and make your best guesstimate. And again, that can feel really uncomfortable, but you, it's just a guiding light. So at the end of the day, your goal setting, you can always adjust your goals. You don't have to stay with them, but you can, you need to use it as an indicator for how much traffic you need to generate. So the interesting thing with this goal-making template is it outputs traffic. So let's say my goal for January is, let's use the 50,000 as an example here. Sorry, I'm just typing as I talk to you guys. Not trying to be rude. Um, I'm just not very good at math. Um, Okay. And let's say your average basket. So your average order value is, let's use, yeah, let's use $210. Okay. So, and we'll put a conversion rate of, let's do 1%. Um, okay. So that would mean on average, you need to have about 23,000 people to your website, um, on a monthly basis, unique visitors, um, weekly that's 5,500 and daily that's 791. So if you're finding that you're not making your revenue goal 
and you're averaging, look at how many visitors you have. So if you, one of those numbers is probably not right. So maybe your conversion rate's lower than you think, or maybe you're not getting as many visitors as you think you need to get, but they're really interrelated. So there's lots of ways to grow your business, but the primary way is you could, you could increase your conversion rate, which is very, very difficult. You could increase your average order value, which is possible. We've done that this year. Um, there's lots of ways I can talk about doing that and I'll do that in another episode, or you can increase the number of customers, um, which is a great way to grow. Um, subsequently increasing then and then the last way is to increase the frequency so increase the frequency at which people are purchasing on your website which can be difficult depending on your business type and um, product like a luxury product won't be purchased as often Um, so thinking of those ways think about all those ways that you're going to grow to that revenue like what is it that you're going to do to get to that revenue level Okay. So after I've got my high level goals, um, I typically look at them by quarter, as I mentioned. So, um, in the spreadsheet, I've actually added a couple of lines. So I've added a quarter goal. So I know what my Q1 goal is, my Q2, Q3 and Q4 goal. And I also know what we did last year. So I can see where most of the growth is coming from. Um, that's also important because if we're coming out of the gate with needing to grow 60% or something like that, then we have to have a really strong plan. So you have to kind of balance out your growth. And oftentimes I see people who have worked with as clients, they come out of the gate and they want to grow like 90%, you know, in January. And I'm like, okay, is that realistic? Like we got to be realistic because you're going to sometimes set a goal that's like way too high. And then you're going to get demotivated. So it's, it's a bit of a balancing act. Um, so what I like to do then is I have a spreadsheet that I've also created. You're going to hear a lot about spreadsheets, um, that I call our annual calendar and it be- breaks down by month and by quarter. And basically it's a marketing calendar, I would say. So it takes every single month of the year and groups it by quarters as well. And it has a theme for the month. Um, any key dates or holidays, any key product launches, any major line extensions or replenishments, any kits we're planning to launch, any promotions we're doing in box, um, which would be shipping stuff we're putting in shipping box, um, any other promotions, key pop-ups and events, um, influencer collabs, any press and stuff we're adding to our journal. And it's a high level grid and I basically try and fill it out. So I try and fill it out for high level. And then I want to get really detailed for the quarter. So for January, February, March, I want to know exactly what we're launching, what products, what key days and holidays we can tie into. So as an example, um, Valentine's Day is in February. We plan to do a Valentine's Day gift guide and promotion along with that. Um, March is all about celebrating women. So we definitely want to do something around that because we're female founded and that's something we're really passionate about at Encircled. Um, so there's lots of like kind of cool stuff going on, but you got to map it out and you got to plan for it. So this is like the high, high level plan. And I got my team. If you have a team, I get them to input into this and I feel like they need to add some more detail in here, but, um, we're making some progress. At least January is pretty firmed up. Um, and then what I also do from a planning standpoint, and this is where I may lose people, but please don't drop off. I also start to create my cash flow forecast. So, 
I've talked about this on a number of episodes and there's many, many ways to do this. Um, so if you've heard me talk about this, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk about it again. Um, but what I do is I create the tabs for Jan, Feb, March for 2020 by week and I map out my cash flow and my cash flow is essentially based on my goals. So, um, but it's a little bit delayed. So for example, in January, I'll say January 1st to the first week of January, which is a partial week for us, the first to the fourth, I forecast that we're going to do, I don't know, $30,000 in cash flow, let's say. Um, that would mean that I would have to do that revenue the week prior because typically with Shopify, um, payments, at least it takes a little while to get paid. It takes it. They're on a three to five day delay. So although you're making that money, you're not actually getting paid that until later. Another example would be our Indiegogo campaign at Encircled that we launched. If you guys want to check it out, we launched the Unblazer, um, earlier this month. It launched on the 12th. We're not getting paid those funds until January 19th, 2020. So that's a, almost a month delay. Um, so that cash flow would be in the week of January 19th, not in December. So I've got a ton of episodes. I'll link to them about cash flow, but I highly recommend doing this high level forecast because all the stuff you're planning to do, even if you don't have the information now, you need to plan for it. So like, January, for example, like, do you need to do some Facebook ads? Like, how are you going to actually reach your revenue goal? Are you going to do an event? Are you going to partner with influencers? All those costs have to be forecasted and accounted for. And I forecast for them when they're paid because that makes the most sense. It really depends on what kind of accounting system you're on. And I always over forecast. So I over budget for costs. And if you've heard, or if you've read the book, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, Great book, but for me, a little unrealistic to create a thousand bank accounts because BMO would charge us a bazillion dollars to do that. Um, but I practice it in a different way. I over budget for expenses. So for example, if I think we're going to spend like $200 on office expenses, I'm going to actually make it 200 a week. And then, you know, something's always going to come up like some opportunity or maybe some additional cost, or maybe it doesn't. And then you're kind of inherently budgeting in for profit. So I do that cash flow forecast by month. And then I have a roll up that totals it by month and quarter to show me how much cash we're going to bring in in the first quarter. Um, so then I can plan for the second quarter marketing efforts. So let's say we want to do like say I wanted to like create a retail store in Q2, uh, like a permanent one, then I would need to know how much cash I have coming in to fund that. Otherwise I need to find a different source. So that's the importance of doing that. So I'm not going to go super into that, but, um, I always use last year as a proxy because like, for example, in January, um, we pay our annual Shopify fees, which are quite expensive. Um, so, and we also pay like auto insurance and a lump sum and there's all kinds of stuff. So every year I kind of budget with that. And then I also look back at the last month and say like, for example, with payroll, like payroll will be very different than last year because we've hired more team members. So I would look at last month's payroll to use that as my cash flow forecast. Um, and then, um, or like sometimes we have costs that go up. So for example, our accountants have increased their price um, quite significantly. And I knew that coming up, they gave us a lot of notice, which was nice. Um, so that's been budgeted in here as well. So it's a lot of work. I know running a business is a lot of work. I wish somebody else could do this for me, but you know what? You got to do your finances. It's really, really important. Um, 
So then I also make another spreadsheet. I know guys, I'm sorry. Um, where I look at by detail kind of our traffic, um, revenue, um, and then any key goals we're tracking for the year. And this is a shared, um, document for all my employees to input in average order value, conversion rate, percentage of new customers, um, return rate, um, Instagram followers, email subscribers, et cetera, et cetera. This is kind of our KPI tracker. So we're all inputting in it and making sure we're on track to achieve our goals. Um, that's definitely next level. So if you have a team, I highly recommend getting to that point because you guys all need to know what the goals are and be tracking towards those goals. Um, so we share at Encircled all our revenue goals um, with our team because it's very important for them to understand where the business is at and where we're going. Um, if that's not for you, you don't have to do that. But I find it very difficult to get people on board without sharing that kind of information. We've always been very transparent about it in Circled. Um, sorry, just sipping coffee. Um, so yeah, up to you, but I think it's important. And your your employees may not understand. So I will say one thing I did do fairly early on, which I probably should do again, was I went through a profit and loss statement, like how it works. So I did an actual seminar. I can't remember who inspired me to do this, but I did a seminar with my team on what goes into a profit loss statement and showing them where costs go and how that works out into profit and stuff like that. Cause I felt like they should understand that. Um, cause when they're spending like a thousand dollars on printing, I want them to understand what the bottom line impact is on that. Okay. So the other thing that kind of ladders into cash flow is I build a production forecast. So this is another two spreadsheets. So that we have like an inventory forecasting document, which would ladder into costs. So I have my production manager tell me by week what we're going to pay to vendors like fabric suppliers or production contractors um, by week for the next quarter, basically. So we've got Q1 done at a high level. Um, January is locked and loaded. February should be locked and loaded and March should be confirmed, I would say in the next couple of weeks. And basically this goes into my cash flow forecast. So for example, um, we have terms with one of our fabric suppliers. So all the fabric that was booked in December is going to come due um, for payment in January. So that's all in my cash flow forecast. Um, and then none of our suppliers who we sew with give us terms. So we pay on a cash on delivery basis, basically. Um, and most of them want e-transfers or checks, not credit cards. So we have to pay pretty much um, then. So that's really important as you scale to understand those costs because you need to put your product making costs into your forecast for cash flow um, because they can be significant. And as you grow, they will cause um, growing pains if you're not forecasting for them. Um, cool. Okay. So the next thing I've done, so I've got my monthly goals. I've got my KPIs. I've decided what's important to me for the business in 2020. So for us, Revenue is obviously very important. We're trying to be profitable all quarters, which is a struggle in retail, but we're trying. The thing I'm tracking in 2020 also is percentage of new customers. So how many new customers are we adding into the brand? Um, I'm also tracking our average order value. Um, and I keep an eye on our conversion rate, but it's, again, that metric's really hard to um, affect, I find. Um, and then our Instagram followers, as well as our email subscribers are also very important. So um, those are kind of our key metrics. So what you need to do is figure out what are your key metrics in your business? Like, is it repeat customers? Is it um, 
time on site? Like what are those things that are really important to your business that drive growth? So that's kind of what I would recommend next. Um, so after this stage, you've got your kind of like high level marketing plan at a high, high level quarter done. You've got your cash flow forecast set up. You've got your production costs. You've got your goals. Um, so now what you want to do is actually make them into a plan. So typically what we do is we will meet as a team, as a marketing team. Um, and we try to do this like three weeks before the month starts, but we literally just had full disclosure, just had this meeting yesterday. And that's even, I think a week and a half before the month starts. So not great, but December is crazy. Um, so we would be meeting for February planning in probably the second week of January, um, or the end of the first week. Um, so we want to plan all the marketing activities and basically we sit down as a group and this is kind of also very tied to that KPI tractor. And we talk about, you know, what we did last year in that month, um, in terms of revenue, traffic, and all the key metrics, uh, what emails we sent, we look at the open rate, the click-through rate, the revenue per email, what promotions did we run, where do we get most of our traffic from. These are all from Google Analytics, by the way, um, or your email marketing software, um, and what worked and what didn't work. And these become really invaluable documents year over year, because now we're looking at, for example, I'm looking at last year's document, and I can see you know, what, what worked, what didn't work. We put those notes in and honestly, like it's impossible to remember this information. So you need to document it somewhere. So I can see like our average revenue per email. I can see what we did in, um, 2018 and 2019. And now I'm making one for January, 2020, which has that data in it. So it's really important to document this because as you get bigger and faster and older as a business, you will forget. Trust me. I don't have the capacity to remember what we did last year in January. I mean, I remember we launched a product, but, and had a sample sale, but I don't remember the details. I don't remember what, what really worked, what didn't work. Um, I'm too old for that. (laughs) I don't know whose brain can keep that straight. Um, so anyway, so we have these like monthly tabs in the KPI spreadsheet. So we have one for January and I just went over our revenue goals with the team, what metrics we want to achieve, all that kind of stuff. And the key events are holidays. So January is typically all about New Year's resolution. There's a bunch of fun, like kind of, um, Instagram-y and social media holidays during that month. Um, we wrote down any blog content we want to write, um, any kits we want to launch, any influencer activity or press we have pre-planned. And then we just go week by week and we say, okay, what are we doing this week? What are we doing that week? And we make sure that we have something in each week that is product driving. Um, so sales driven and that we have something that's content driven so that we're finding that balance of adding value to our customers, but also, um, driving the business. Cause at the end of the day, we are a business shocker. I know this is crazy ethical businesses making money, but we are a business and we want to pay our employees and our suppliers and have money, um, to continue to grow. So you need to run it like a business. So one thing I learned last year or even the year prior is that we can't get too fancy with content because we're not that big yet that we can just send out content driven newsletters every week and get sales. We're not that fancy. We still have to be fairly explicit with, um, asking for the sale basically. So we basically map that out and we do that at a high level in the meeting. And then we go, um, my marketing manager would go into Asana, which is our project management software, and she's going to go by week. So week of December 29th, this is the newsletter we're going to do a uh, week of the fifth. This is the newsletter and blog post we're going to do. This is the affiliate collaboration, whatever. Um, and they're all mapped out by week. 
So as I'm scrolling through this calendar in Asana that we've created, um, we call it the integrated marketing calendar, which I stole from Colgate. Thank you, Colgate. Um, but they didn't do an Asana. Ours is much smarter. Um, and I assign all the tasks. So she assigns stuff to me. I assign stuff to her and other team members. Um, and this is integrated. So the key is, is that people on our production team are also tied to tasks in here. So it's not just a marketing document. It's a document that's tracking stuff for both marketing as well as production, as well as customer love and sales. So it's totally integrated, which is what is key because you want people to all know what's going on at the brand at all times. That's really, really important. Um, so you can see by week what we're doing. So for example, week of January 12th, we're launching a new um, top collection. Um, so that's in there and there's a whole bunch of tasks tied to the like executing that on our website, but then there's a whole bunch of like social media tasks as well as newsletters and pre-promotion and all that kind of stuff. So you basically want to take your high level plan and then map it out by week and make sure you know what you're doing. And if you're the only person in your business right now, still do this because you need to get into the practice of organizing your content and making a plan, even if you're assigning everything to yourself, because I I actually have an Asana account for myself personally, as well as for Brave and Boss and for Encircled. And I assign tasks to myself in my personal one. And it seems kind of weird that I'm assigning everything to myself, but that that's what I'm doing. It's only me. So if it's only you and your business, just assign those tasks to you. So work through the next like week, if you can, or a couple weeks or even month, and try and map out everything you're planning to launch or promote on social, any collaborations, all that good stuff. Um and we try to get four to six weeks out for this. Um, but I'd like to get almost a quarter out by this year, I think, at a high level, just so we can have more of a plan and not scramble as much. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, and then basically we execute. So that's kind of my 2020 planning process. The last thing I'll talk about that I'm going to do, I think in the next couple of episodes, maybe the next one is do a year in review. So I talked a little bit about this in the last episode about um, things to do before the year ends, but it's really important to go back and think about what worked in this last quarter, last year, whatever, and what didn't work. And be really honest with yourself. Um, I did an episode about this last year where I did a year in a review, and I think I talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but I made some of the same mistakes this year that I made last year. And that's not good because when you're doing things that didn't work and you're doing them over and over again, that is like the definition of craziness. And the reason why I'm doing them is because I, I don't even have an answer for you right now. I would say like some of it was like working too much. It's because I'm probably understaffed and I don't have the bandwidth or cash flow to add more team members at this point. But you know, just listening to them is like, whoa, okay, this is repeating itself. This is something to be paid attention to. So the last kind of part is I think a year in review and I'll give you a format to do that. If you listen to the next one where I talk about this and I'm going to go through my own personal and business year in a review. Um, but yeah, I really, really think it's important to do that because you, if you make mistakes, which we all do, you need to learn from them and not repeat them. That is so key. A lot of growing a business is testing and learning. So implement that into your methodology for planning and you will be very, very successful. 
All right. So that was a long one. We're just passing the 30 minute mark. Thanks for sticking with me. I hope you learned a lot about the planning process. If you have any questions on it, hop on over to Instagram. We're at brave and boss. I'm also at Christy Sumer. You can pop into my DMS or leave a comment asking any questions on how to plan for the best 2020 yet. So hope you love this and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts, and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.